Hey, good morning and welcome to Breakthrough Walls. I'm Ken Walls and I'm your host. And today I have the amazing Tasha Chen joining us. So you guys stay with us. We'll be right back. And we are back. Let me bring Tasha on. Tasha, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you, Ken. Thank you. It's so nice to have you here. We were chatting a little bit before we got started. You're you're down in um, sunny Florida. It is a beautiful blue skyed warm day. <laughs> I'm in Ohio. I don't want to hear it. Okay, so it's a little chilly for me. It's probably in the you know low seventies with the prime dress like this. <laughs> oh my gosh, you're dressed up like it's winter. It's it's it twenty eight degrees here right now. Twenty eight, yeah. So yeah, that's cold. So 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 Tasha, I I created this show a couple two th almost three years ago. Um to help people have a breakthrough and get unstuck in life. And um, I think that by hearing other people's stories of overcoming hardships and what have you, um, I think that they there's, there's healing in that. So, um, by the way, there'll be many times throughout the show where I have it just, look at that beautiful set you're on. My goodness. <laughs> So you'll be full screen quite often, but why don't you, um, why don't we start with you telling everybody where you were born and raised? Oh, absolutely. I was born in the beautiful island of Jamaica. So I'm an island girl. Jamaica man. <laughs> yes. All right. The thing, the thing about Jamaica, which is going to be very relevant to this conversation is no problem. Like easy. <laughs> <laughs> Soon will come. You know, yeah, soon come. Soon come. I'll soon, be right soon there. Come, soon come. Yeah. My, my, a buddy of mine is an optometrist and he has, I think, eight um, practice locations in Jamaica. Wow. Uh, yeah. He's, uh, he, he loves Jamaica. Loves Jamaica. So, um, so anyway, hey, so j you grew up in Jamaica, a very, very wealthy part of the country, right? Or the world, rather. Uh, no. <laughs> no. No, 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 no. We might be famous for a lot of things. And <laughs> we've, you know, we've made history with some very popular Jamaicans. Yeah. But we are a third world country. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So what was it? And how long were you in Jamaica? Till what age? I, I was in Jamaica till around, uh, I would say, I think I got here when I was 20 years old. That year I turned 20. Oh, wow. So yeah. you were there for, wow, you were there. So what was it like growing up in Jamaica? What was it like? Um, yeah, what was it like there? All right. So, you know, we see the postcards <laughs> that the tourist board puts yeah. out. And yeah. it's all beautiful and the beach and all. And, you know, our thing that we're very famous for. <laughs> and, yeah, um, yeah. 
I'll just say, side note, I never saw that, never once growing up, which everyone assumes we all have it in our backyard, you know? I never once saw that till I was an adult and went back on vacation and actually saw a plant. But I will say that it is a beautiful country, absolutely. uh, But growing up there, it is very, very third world conditions. And one of the things that happens in a third world country is because they're not as many opportunities as you would experience living here in the States, this this thing gets drilled into you that, listen, there's 2.2 million other people vying for the same limited opportunities to succeed. So you, my friend, are going to have to work harder than all those people. And we all know the notorious skit about Jamaicans and how hard we work and how many jobs we have and all that, yeah. you know, living color made famous. But the thing is, growing up as a kid, just to put this in context, um, at 10 years old, when we're completing elementary school, it's not just like a rite of passage the way it is here in the States where you finish fifth grade and you go on to middle school. In Jamaica, In fifth grade, nine to 10 years old, you're taking an exam that determines if you get into high school. So we don't have middle school, we go from elementary to high school, and you have to pass this exam. If you don't pass the exam, you go to trade school at 10 years old. Your entire rest of your life is determined by this one test. So I remember my mom looking at me and saying, listen, I'm just going to make this very simple for you, Tasha. If you don't pass this exam, no problem, honey, sweet little girl. We've got some land in the country, and I'll just get you a machete and a hoe, and that's it. You're set. (laughs) What? Ten. Ten? Ten. I saw your little daughter come in right before we started. Oh, there's someone on here that that's, knows what that's I'm my buddy. About. That's Dr. my buddy that I, I told you about, Dr. McCloy. <laughs> he he knows everything about Jamaica, literally everything. There you go. So yeah. I, I'm not making this up, right? For real, dog. Like major <laughs> crazy stress on my letter. At Ten years I'm, old. <laughs> Ten. That's insane. Ten. And I wow. decided. When my mom had that conversation with me, talk about defining moment, I was like, listen, I will not be in that field. <laughs> that will not be my life. I, it will not, whatever I need to do. And so our culture, um, you know, it just supports this idea of hard work. It is, it is, it is not even psychological. It's at this point DNA. I'm telling you it's in the water. Like you have to be willing to work harder than everybody else because there's a limited number of spots in these high schools. You know, if you don't make that quote, if you don't pass that test, you're not get you're not getting there. And so I did. I bought it hook, line, and sinker. Hard work equals success. That's the only way. And that's it. You know, I, I followed that script through high school. Well, wait, so you, oh, you, so you got in, you got in. I did, I got into high school, thank God. <laughs> like, I never had to go out and use a machete. Oh my yeah. gosh. So what part of Jamaica did you grow up in? 
So I grew up in the city. Um, that's another thing, you know, I mean, it's just the opportunities are not equal throughout the country. Um, and so you get a better education, better access to lots of things by being in the, in the capital, which is Kingston. So I grew up in Kingston. Oh, that's D Doug has a, has a location in Kingston. Awesome. Yeah. Well, I think he has one or two there. Wow. So, um, Wow, that's crazy. I just texted. That's why he's on here. I said, dude, I have a girl, a lady from Jamaica on. You got to get on, man. <laughs> uh, so, and, 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 you know, he's told me a lot about Jamaica. Like, you know, they, the, um, I forget what he said, something about for the right amount of money, you get preferential treatment at the airport. And <clears throat> yeah, some, some. So we have a little thing about Jamaicans. You know, we laugh about it when we come across Jamaicans across the world. It's like, just tell us the rule so we can either break it or pay our way out of it. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's the way it is there. It is. Wow. Yeah. Crazy. So, so, um, so you went through high school. So you got into high school at 10. 10. 10. <laughs> What? What grade is that? So we go from fifth grade and high school starts seventh grade. So we go into seventh grade and um, that's that's high school. High school is from seven to there's it's so much to tell, but it can either go from seven to 11 or seven to 12. And that's high school because you got to take another test again in in 10th and 11th that decides what happens next. It's yeah crazy. Wow. Sounds like communism. So, um, <laughs> you're like, it is a little bit. So, so, um, well, why wouldn't you want to just, okay. I have a, a funny question, but if you, if you live in Jamaica, you're from Jamaica, where do you go for vacation? <laughs> like, like, Hey, let's go to Rhode Island. Okay, so this is really funny, but there's two parts to the answer. First part is most people live in the city, so you want to go to the beach, right, which is yeah. in the country. So the beach is kind of like on the outskirts of the island, so you want to go from the city, which is pretty central, yeah. to going anywhere on the outskirts to go to the beach. Right. Um, but we call, all part, we call all parts outside of Kingston the country. <laughs> so you want to go to the country to go to the beach for vacation. But this is funny. So when I was married, my husband is actually, or he's not my ex-husband, but at the time he was from Jamaica. We met here in school, but he was from Jamaica. And, and just to like put this, because everybody thinks this is really interesting. He's Chinese, full Chinese by race, hence the Tasha Chen. So don't spend another second trying to figure the last name out. <laughs> Oh, I got hold it. it hold, wait, wait, wait. He's Chinese, but he's yeah. from Jamaica. Full Chinese by race. Full Chinese, really? but he's Jamaican. Yes. Yes. Wow. Yes. Okay. So that's a whole other conversation. <laughs> yeah. We meet. We actually met doing our masters here in the states. We figure out he's Chinese. I mean, I'm sorry. We figure out he's. We know he's Chinese. We figure <laughs> out he's from Jamaica, and it's like, oh, great, you know. And so we start dating. Long story short, we we we're getting married. We're talking about our honeymoon, and so he says to me, at this point, I've only ever been to Jamaica and the United States. So he says to me, where would you like to go for a honeymoon? What about Tahiti? 
And I looked at him like, are you kidding me? I'm from an <laughs> island. <laughs> right. right. I don't want to see any more beaches. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right? And so it was like, I want to go to Europe because another interesting thing about school in Jamaica, we, we are an English colony. So we study a lot of European history. Mm. I probably know more about Europe than most Europeans. Uh, wow. So I decided for my honeymoon, I want to go to Europe. I want to see castles. No more beaches. Thank you. Wow. I, however, regretted that decision. <laughs> Did you really? Later on, as I became wiser to the world, I was like, oh, my God, he offered to take me to Tahiti. I didn't get <laughs> yeah. it at the time. Like, what was I so, yeah. yeah. So, so you, you, uh, look what Doug put up out of yes. one people. So let me, um, that's trying to tell you that in Jamaica, we have a, we have every race imaginable. Yeah. In Jamaica. Chinese, Indian. My grandfather, my great grandfather is Syrian. My grandfather is Scottish, like a white Scottish man from wow. Scotland to Jamaica. Wow. Um, there's just every race imaginable. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So, um, so you, so you, okay. You went through high school. You grad, they, you graduate, right? Is that what they call it? Yes. Yes. You graduate. <laughs> um, you take a test and they go, congratulations. You're going to America. No, no. Oh, <laughs> no. <laughs> like, no. no. oh my gosh. That's way too easy. Come on. <laughs> right. not the moral of the story, Ken. Hard. Right. Everything has to be hard. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> no. So you take a test and you apply for the one university in the island. There's one. 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 So, you know, I have all these great ideals. I want to be an attorney. I want to leave high school and go to law school. It's not like the states where you do four years of undergrad and then you go to law school. No, no, no. Way too. No. You got to finish high school and you're immediately into law school. Now, this law school, though, is the law school for all of the Caribbean. <laughs> so kids from all over, all the islands are trying to get into this law school. Needless to say, I didn't make it. Didn't make a cut, didn't get into law school. And now there goes all my options for university. Because, right, I applied to one place. I didn't get in. Pretty much, all right. Is that is that a money it. thing? Was it? A, is, can you buy <laughs> your might, way in? It might have been, but my parents, they're not about that formula. So that was not going to be an option for me, right? Yeah, yeah. You get in or you don't get in. Figure yeah. out life from go get a job, you know? Yeah. Uh, here's, however, a, here's a machete. <laughs> yeah, here's a machete. You thought you got away from it at 10. Yeah, right. <laughs> so, yeah. so no, so I um I was able to get into kind of like the community college equivalent in Jamaica. At the time it was called CAST, and I was able to get into that. I did business, I graduated top of my class, but then there was nothing else. It's like, okay, go get a job. So I'm working this job, and my aunt from the States comes to visit, and she looks at me and she goes, what are you doing? Like, actually, I was the manager for a little tiny dental supply business, like a friend of a friend, you know, wow. said, well, you graduated college, you should, you should be able to do this. Come on. 
So I'm doing this thing and my aunt comes from, from the States to Jamaica and she goes, what are you doing? You, you're, you're above this, you're smarter than this. And I'm like, well, I have no other choice. I've graduated college and this is all that's available. And she says, listen to this. She says to me, why don't you apply for a scholarship to go to school in the States to get an official degree? Because remember, I just did community college. So I have like a community college, like a AA, right? Yeah. Is that what it's called? I think so. An associate's degree. Yeah. So yeah. Um, she said, so I go, a scholarship? People give you money to go to school? Are you kidding me? What? Uh, that's funny. And that was it. I applied to a bunch of schools. I got accepted by every single one. And I chose the one that gave me the most money. Wow. To the States. And that was in Florida? Yeah. Yep. Right here. In so Florida. What, did you, you had to come and get your bachelor's degree, right? Right. So I just had like a year and a half more to do. And then I would get my degree because I'd pretty much gotten the associate's version in Jamaica. Yeah. Um, so then you got, you said you went, you got that and then got your master's degree. Yes. And what? Got another scholarship. Wow. <laughs> yep. What and what's your master's degree in? This is kind of funny. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to tell us? <laughs> no, no, no. It's just really funny oh. because I I tell myself, I tell people I never used any of these degrees, right? Really. But my 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 master's degree is in international banking <laughs> and finance. Wow. That sounds like an important master's degree. Yeah, well, I was my plan was to go back to Jamaica and work in the banking industry, you know, and that was my plan. And that Chinese guy in that first class took care of that, never went back. Wow. <laughs> so, that wow. so what did you what did you do then after you got out of all of this schooling? Did you go on to get any other degrees? No, PhDs. I was <laughs> a PhD in international no, banking. I've done, done school. I yeah. uh, actually, in my master's degree, we had the opportunity to do an internship, and I went to work for a dot com. So dot coms were going nuts, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I went to work for a dot com and um, like learned all the things that was happening in that industry. But it was a very, it was a very small company, very entrepreneurial. Uh, and I just, I wasn't fulfilled. I remember crying to my mom and my mom was like, I don't understand what's your problem. What is this about being fulfilled? They're paying you to sit there and do whatever they're paying you to do. Be happy. And I was like, I'm not happy. I'm not fulfilled. I hate this. And my mom could not understand that concept because she's in Jamaica where you have to work really hard to get a job and make the kind of money I was making. Yeah. And so, yeah, I, I left that job and I got an opportunity to work for CBS Sports, uh, wow. their online division. And that was how I got into kind of corporate, climbing the corporate ladder in international, I'm sorry, in internet marketing. Wow. At the time. And what was really funny, again, back to my Jamaican upbringing is, so I'm writing marketing copy and doing marketing analysis for American sports. And they're talking about football. And I'm like, I'm not getting this. Uh oh. Throw the ball in football. You kick it. What's going on? You're not allowed to use your hands. What are you talking about? 
But that oh really God. proved to me that I can literally do anything because I did really well in that job. And half the time I didn't understand what was going on in the sports, you know? So that was fun. Wow. So you worked at CBS Sports in Florida. Yeah, so they had a division. Um, it was actually CBS Sports Line, which it was it was first Sports Line, which CBS acquired or partnered with or something, because yeah. Sports Line was the in, internet uh, version of CBS. Right. And so, yeah. So, um, and what mid twenties at that point? Yeah. Um, if yeah. my math is right. Yes. Um, yeah. And so, where did things go from there for you? I'm assuming at that point, how did you stay in America? I got married. To an American. My my Chinese Jamaican. <laughs> what, 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 what? My Chinese Jamaican guy that I met while I was doing my master's. He had moved to Jamaica when he was 10 years. I'm sorry. He had moved to the States when he was 10 years old. So he had his American citizenship. And so we dated and got married and I got my American citizenship. Wow. Yeah. So you stayed, you didn't go back. So I didn't go back. Right. Wow. So I stayed, I got a good job, like a good girl. Yeah. I did all that. I was really trying, Ken. I tried, I tried to do it that way. And then they told me I had two weeks vacation. And that was pretty much the end of that for me. <laughs> it was like, I don't know how to do that. I'm going to try. I'm going to try really hard because my Chinese husband was like, you, you, you need to, <laughs> you need to make money. You need yeah. to follow the rules and do it this way. And I was like, I'm going to try. I'm going to try. Uh, so I did, you know, I climbed the corporate ladder. I followed the system, but the entire time, the entrepreneur in me just wanted to be unleashed. I just yeah. wanted to freedom. I wanted to be free. I'm an island girl. I want to be able to go to the beach anytime I want. And, um, and so together we decided that we were going to find a way to start our own business, whether it was on the side or one of us was going to quit our job. And we started doing research on every business model you could imagine. We finally decided we were going to do a franchise business. And when I say this, I know what's going to happen next, but we decided to go the hair salon franchise. Now, immediately everybody looks at me and go, oh, you know how to do hair? No, it's like buying a KFC. <laughs> you don't need to know how to fry chicken, right? They're going right. to tell you. So wow. we bought this franchise. We bought a 10-store uh, deal for a particular territory in Florida where this, this brand did not exist at all. And so my husband kept his job. I left Sportsline. I left CBS. And I became, you know, like the face and the, the front runner for this new franchise business. And I was like, all right, we're going to do this. We're going to buy our freedom. How do you do that, Tasha? What do you know how to do? I know how to work really hard. And that's right. what I did. And that's what, so is that what you still do? No, uh, that's the whole story. <laughs> That would be too easy, Karen. Oh, <laughs> such an entrepreneur. I love it. So, so you, um, you went, so how long did you do that? So I did that for five years. Okay. Um, and that formula, you know, that hard work formula really did work. We built, we built our business up to four stores, 25 employees, seven figures, 
We won awards from the national organization. I mean, you name it, I was in a newspaper. It was like, check, 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 all my entrepreneurial success dreams come true. There they all were, like, you know, just wow. everywhere around me. And I was like looking at myself being pretty proud, like, yeah, you know, I've done it. I'm a little island girl that came here and worked really hard and built this business and things were going really, really well. And then like that, it just all fell apart. Now it didn't just crumble graciously. We had to file chapter 11 bankruptcy. My husband then asked me for a divorce. I was in and out of the hospital, like it was just a revolving door in my life. Along the way, I had had two kids. The second one, I still don't know. I know I don't know anything about the birds and the bees because I literally do not know how that happened. But I just remember holding him. I have this picture of us, of him being in my arms, and we were literally looking at each other confused. Like, who are you? Wow. And so I just, I remember like this period in my life where I could not, yeah, I was successful to the world, but I stopped looking at myself in the mirror because I was so ashamed, guilty, embarrassed. Like I couldn't look at myself for who I had become in that process, you know? And then to have it all just, <sighs> that level of failure, like chapter 11 bankruptcy, that's a yeah. big shows you that's a major fall from grace well well, how how did you i thought you were doing so well what happened what people stopped the real estate estate bust (laughs) happened yeah you know literally everyone was foreclosing on their homes and and they bought buzzers and started cutting their hair at home you know it's as simple as that people just weren't coming in for that service anymore meanwhile we had signed all these um, all these rental agreements at the highest uh, rental level for our space, so it was just a it was a disaster. Wow! So you you went through bankruptcy, divorce, um, and probably hated seeing any hair salon ever again. <laughs> Um, so what, so what, did, where'd you go from there? Well, so here I am now, you know, my, my husband, remember he had kept his job. So uh, he's gone. The business is gone. I have no job, no income. Wow. I <laughs> have this, the house. So the mortgage still needs to be paid. The car still needs to be paid for. The kids still need to do their stuff, you know. And I, myself, I have no income, right? Wow. And so for me, what I realized was I got myself in this state where literally my dominant thought was fear around money. I would drop the kids to school, literally every morning, drop the kids to school, come home, sit on my kitchen floor and cry all day. I was so gripped with fear about being a financial failure, not being able to provide for myself. See, you can't do it without a man. I mean, you name it. What are you going to do? You have no job. You need to get a job. I don't want a job. I want my freedom. I mean, it was just the dark night of the soul for me. 
And I don't know if, if anyone has ever been there, but I can tell you it is the most disempowering feeling in the world to have to worry about how am I going to survive financially? Yep. Been there many times. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, I did one thing. I was like, listen, I've got nothing to lose, God. I got nothing to lose at this point. Lost the business, lost the guy, lost everything. I'm like, here's a deal. I still want to be an entrepreneur. I still want to be successful. I want a lot of money. And I now want to have fun doing it. Because the other thing was I hated the salon business, you know? And so that was my deal. I'm like, that's it, God. So make it happen. I don't know how, but that's <laughs> Make it happen. <laughs> make it happen. God responds well to orders. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, I truly believe God's like, tell me what you want, right? right? So yep. I did. I was like, here it is. I don't know how that's going to happen. Am I going to bake banana bread, T-shirts? I don't know <laughs> how, but here's my order. And this interesting thing began to happen in my life is that one thing on, on the one end, every day I would you know, just experience this fear around money. I would go, I'd pick the kids up from school, stop at the mailbox every evening, open the mailbox, and there would be evidence of my fear. Every single day, I would open the mailbox, there'd be overdraft notices, yep. you know, past due bills. You know how they put that big red past due, like on the outside of the envelope? What's wrong so with the mailman knows all my business? Yeah. What's that about? You know, yeah. So this is all going on. And every day I'm like, see, here it is. It's true. And then one day I stop at the mailbox and I happen to look in the car at my son and our eyes made contact. And immediately, as soon as we looked at each other, I looked away. And as I looked away, I said to myself, Tasha, what's that about? Why are you looking away from your kid? And, it, you know, the, the answer was just very clear because you're failing. You are failing not only you, you're failing them. And in this moment, I realized, and this is going to be their legacy. They're going to grow up with this fear around money if you don't fix this really fast. And I just made a decision in that moment. I was like, I will not have this happen for my kids. I won't. Me, I might continue like this if it's just me. But for my kids, absolutely not. And something about when we do that, when we're in that place where our back is against the wall and we make a declaration like that with all of our might. I mean, things just started to happen in my life. I started getting mentors and books and everything that I needed to make my request true, which was to still be financially free, to still be an entrepreneur, to still enjoy life and enjoy it fully, to do something I love. Everything that I needed to make that a reality started coming into my life. And I did one thing. I did, I took action on all of it. Everything that came, I just, I just, I realized it was part of the puzzle and I just started taking action. And in a very short time, I started seeing the results of that. You know, mm. um, we don't have enough time for me to tell you, but I'll just say eventually I sorted my own life out enough that people watching from the sidelines started asking me to share with them what I was doing. And that's how my business started. Wow. So, so you had a shift in um, mindset yeah. around money. I, I love that. Did you, had you, had you just recently at that moment, had you watched the secret? 
that that was part of my answer to my prayer like that yeah. came in yeah you know that was one of the things and i realized wow i've been learning about this all along like for me it was growing up in jamaica we're very religious so i've been learning about these things in the bible all yeah. along i never yeah. got, connected the dots though yeah. but like i said now i went from oh that's something i've learned and i've heard to i'm applying it and living it wow that's yeah. incredible so so you my, and my buddy dr mccloy has a he's has a ministry he has a mission in jamaica actually where they do um they help because cataracts are a big deal they're big big problem in jamaica uh. and and you know that causes people to go blind he has that down there where they do um i don't know if it's free or heavily discounted cataract surgeries. So, um, but <clears throat> so you at, at this moment at the mail, at the mailbox, and you remember it that clearly you had this shift and, and I've been through that shift myself. I'm, I'm very familiar with it. And, um, and, and so what it's not, it's not an event most of the time it's a process because that stinking thinking still comes back in. Oh, yeah. Right. So how did you, what were some of the practices you did to, to kind of concretize con, you know, cement that into your life and your being. Oh my, so I'm going to, I'm going to make it really simple. Cause I'm a big believer in, you know, like, just just tell me what to do. Just tell me the thing you did. You know, just tell me easy. And Dr. McCloy, thank you, thank you, thank you for what you're doing in Jamaica for my special home. Um, I just want to say thank you for that. So for me, remember I told you what I realized, it was kind of like a mad scientist. Like I connected this thing that every day I spent the entire day in fear around money. Every afternoon, I got evidence of that fear. Oh, wow. So I'm thinking fear and I'm getting <laughs> evidence of it every right. single day. Right. The reason the mailbox thing was such a defining moment for me because it was like, bam, that was like, this is what happens. You know, what are you going to do about it? And yeah, how many times have we made that declaration? But we don't know what to do next. I didn't know what to do next. Yeah. The next day, though, I realized, all right, here comes this fearful thought today. What can I do with this thought? And I wish I had it right here. It's actually in my in my library over there. But I got a journal. I got a journal and I started it that next day. And here's what I did. Every single time I'm talking about in the span of a day, you know how many negative thoughts we can have. <laughs> well, for me, it was around money. And I, I got this blank journal and I made a deal with myself. Every single time I thought a fearful thought about money, I was going to write in this journal a declaration that was the complete opposite, and I was going to write it in gratitude. Mm. And that's what I did. I grabbed this journal, and, and like, you know, one of the first entries was that I can have success and freedom too. Because for me, remember, like I grew up where if you're going to be successful, you're going to work so hard, you have no freedom. So I was resisting success. I was resisting financial success because I felt like, well, I want this thing so much, but it goes against a core value that I have, which is freedom. Yeah. 
So I realized in my fear, part of it was, well, I don't want to get a job. I don't want to go do another business. I don't want to do all these things to create financial success because it's going to block the thing I want so much, which is freedom. So once I realized that, I grabbed that journal and the very first entry was, I am so grateful. I can have success and freedom too. Wow. And the journal is full. <laughs> I, I have kept it to remind me of that period in my life. And I've taught so many people now from all over the world, you know, through the entries I made in that period in my life. But I mean, obviously, there's lots of things that we do on the journey, you know, that that creates transformation. But if I could really bring it down to what was the most powerful for me from the depths of darkness and fear to just beginning to see the light, that was it. It was dealing with those fears one at a time, one at a time, not by taking some crazy action and like, you know, brute forcing myself into it, but literally every fear that came up, you'll never be able to one, one big one for me was you'll never be able to provide for yourself on your own. And I Mm. would, and, and my declaration was, I'm so happy and grateful. Every month my bills are paid. I have financial independence. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You know? That sounds like some some uh, Bob Proctor stuff. <laughs> In, later on, I, I came to find out that there were people that were teaching these things. I didn't even know. Wow. I was just yeah. going on like I had prayed and asked for help, you know. Wow. And the answers were just coming to me as to what to do. And I did it. That's the thing. I did it. Yeah. Wow. I, you know, like Dr. McCloy does, you know, he says, we'll, we'll talk we talk a lot. Well, not a lot. We used to, but we, we talk once in a while, but he always says, um, you know, we are definitely blessed and favored. And, and I, I love that because when you are, when you really truly feel that in your soul, that's what you bring about. Yeah. That's what you bring into your life. So, so you, you started another business then. Yes. And what is that business, Tasha? So this business is called the Science of Getting Rich Academy. Oh, wow. And for all the personal development people out there, you probably have heard about the book, The Science of Getting Rich. Wallace Waddles. Wallace D. Waddles. And so I'm going to quick tell you the story, right? I'm in the depth of despair. I'm crying every day. I'm fearful. And my friend comes over and says, I want to invite you to come meet some friends of mine. They live in this very wealthy area in Stewart. Now, the zip code that I lived in happened to be the sixth wealthiest zip in the United States because all the, you know, large wealthy American families have winter homes in this one little area here called uh, Sailfish Point. And so them alone, you know, do it for the entire zip code. And this family lived in that in that community. And so she invites me over and I go, I don't want to be around happy, wealthy people. Like I'm miserable right now. I'm in fear of money. That's the last thing I want. And she goes, oh, just come, come. You'll see, you know. So I go over to this this family and I walk in and can for the first time in my life, my entire life, I was in the presence of people who were truly wealthy. I remember standing in the middle of their house just with my mouth wide open because I could see the presence of physical wealth. I knew where they lived. I saw what what was in their house. I could see that, but they were happy. They were healthy. 
They were in love. They were free. They were, they weren't going to a job and working and stressing about money. And I, I just stood there, you know, in awe. And the husband came over to me and he said, Tasha, everything that you see here is because of this book. And it was the science of getting rich. Wow. Yeah. So he gives me this book and you would think I would go home and read it right away. No, yeah. I wait until things got even worse in my life. I remembered <laughs> the book. The book is 63 pages. This guy does not mince words. It's like, here's what you need to do, which I love. Tell me what to do. And I'm great at doing it. So I read this book and it was a big part of the journey. Now I'm in that, you know, getting from the fear around money and what am I going to do to here comes these principles that's telling me exactly how to live. I start applying it and my entire life changes. I really? had the opportunity to work with some small business owners, most of which were women. And I realized that they were doing their best. I mean, heaven knows when you start a business, we do our best, but the financial needle wasn't moving for them. And I was just, you know, besides myself, I'm like, look, I figured this thing out. Would you like me to share it with you? And they said, yes. And I, and I tell my best friend, I'm going to share it with them. And she goes, if you don't charge them, I'll never speak to you again. Wow. And I go, okay, well, then you charge them. Because I still had my money issues. I go, well, then you charge them. And she did. And they paid. And it's like, I, I was in amazed, you know? Wow. And so that's how we started this. Now, here's the thing. That was seven and a half years ago. In that time, by sharing the principles and the simple practice that I just shared with you about dealing with every single fear, people in our community have created well over $47.5 million wow. in their lives. Not by hard work, but by using the thing that we came in with our birthright, our God-given blessings, which is to create our financial reality using the universal laws, using our mindset, using, you know, our consciousness, we have the ability to do it. We're just not using it. And so that's what I now teach people how to do. And how, how would someone get into your academy? What is there a website for that? Yeah. So one of the things that I like to do, you know, I'm, I, I like to give you baby steps <laughs> into this experience. Yeah. And we've talked a lot about, for me, my big thing is, you know, there's a lots of different components to life, but the thing that allows me to have choice, and that's what I think we all want. It's choice is money. And so I love sharing with people a gratitude practice for money. So what I did is I created a gratitude journal just for money. Like we express gratitude every day for lots of things in our life, but we don't use gratitude to focus on this big area of our life, which is money. And so I would love to just gift to everyone this 30-day gratitude for money journal. You don't even have to think about what to be grateful for, right? Here is like one day. Gratitude for your sphere change. Wow. You know, your sphere change, your sphere change that you throw around in your house could be a difference in somebody's life. That could be life or death for somebody else. So just lots of different ways, prompts to help you be grateful for money. And if that's something that you would like, I think Ken has the link yep. here. 
Yeah. TashaChen.com forward slash money gratitude. And that will be my gift to you. Wow. That is so, so awesome. You know, that's, that's something that I, you know, because I talk about this very topic a lot and you and I hadn't met prior to this. No. We tried, <laughs> but had challenges. Um, but you know, the, I talk about gratitude all the time, all the time. And Glenn Morshower, who's, I don't know if you know who Glenn is or not, but him and I do a lot. He's my best friend in the world. He's been an actor for 45 years, been in every movie you can think of just about. I mean, he's, he's you know, um, and he talks about gratitude a lot. And I literally said last night, I we were on a clubhouse together, in a clubhouse room together. And I said to somebody, I said, look, the human mind can't hold two thoughts at the same time. It's not scientifically possible. So if you're focused on even the smallest things to be grateful for, the, the, the smallest, tiniest things, you're, you literally can't be depressed if you're, if you're focused. You can't. Right. <laughs> right. Right. And look, Doug, Dr. Doug says it. Gratitude is God's RX for it's true. It's so true. Tasha's like, that's in my book. That's it. I love that. That's the prescription. I love it. I know. That's amazing. It's true, though. It's it is true. true. I don't have anything to be great. What about that? What about the people who, and I've been there, I have been in that place where. I'm so scared living in fear about money and everything else um, that I'm paralyzed in that fear and I can't, I can't see outside of it. Like there are people that, that get there. For example, I'll give you an example and, and you tell me how you would handle this. I had a, several employees and, and my wife and I had just opened up our first office and this big guy that worked for me comes walking in my office, knocking on the door. Um, hey, boss, there's there's some dude out in the parking lot looking in the windows of your SUV. And I go, well, tell him to get the hell out of here. Well, what are you telling me for? Like, you're bigger than I am. Go, you know, beat him up or something. He's like, well, I would, but he has it blocked with his tow truck. And I was like, tow truck? Oh, the bank is here to take my car in front of all my employees. That's cool. So that was like a really bad day. And at that moment, there was nothing I was grateful for. Nothing. I was humiliated, depressed, angry, bitter. All my employees are getting paid, but I'm not. And, you know, all of these, <laughs> you've been there. Like, I, I get it. But, you know, so what do you say to somebody that might be, you know, because the last 12 months-ish have been challenging for, for, or 10 months, have been challenging for a lot of people. And there's a lot of people who are hurting. And, and what do you say to those people that don't feel any hope or feel like there's anything to be grateful for? Oh my gosh. So, you know, I'm going to, I'm just going to bring it down to the, like the simplest form of gratitude, right? So when 
everything in your life seems like it has absolutely gone wrong. There is nothing that seems to be going right. What is, is there anything at that point that you can think of to be grateful for, right? Because I want to start at like the bare minimum. And, and we all know the saying where there's life, there's hope. As long as I have this breath and the next breath, there's hope. I don't even know what that hope is going to look like, but I have hope for a different tomorrow. And so for me, when I, you know, someone sent me a message, it's so funny this morning saying, here is my situation. And it was pretty dark. And she says, I don't know how to express gratitude. I was giving her my gratitude for money journal. She's like, I can't even gratitude for money. I can't even be grateful for anything else. And I said, you're typing this message right now. Right. You are alive. You have a phone. You clearly have internet access, right? There is always something to be grateful for. So Ken, in your example, they're towing your, 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 your vehicle, right? Here's what I know. Like even in that moment, I'm just going to go to the first thing that comes to my mind. I know at that point, you have your wife, you have your kids. Just that alone, there are millions of people. And this is not about what you have that anybody else would want. It's right. just for you to realize that in at any given moment, we each have something that somebody else would want. You know, our friend Adam Markell talks about waking yeah. up and saying, I love my life because you took your first breath. When you took your first breath, scores of other people took their last. So that alone is mm. enough to be grateful for, you know? Wow. That's beautiful, actually. When you took your first breath, scores of other people took their last. Yeah. That's beautiful. What do you think holds, and I ask everybody on the show this, the number one answer is fear. So you have to do better than that. Um, <laughs> oh, boy. No pressure. Yeah, no. <laughs> hey, you passed the test at 10 years old, okay? So. <laughs> So what do you think stops most people from experiencing wealth and true joy and happiness? And I do look, I, I think um I think there's a lot of bad programming around money and and you know, rich people are evil and blah blah yeah. blah, all of that nonsense. Um some of the 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 greatest people I've ever met in my life. It's broke people that want to take all your crap. So yeah. <laughs> like rich people, like I don't need your stuff. I got mine. So, you know, it, but some of the, the greatest people I've ever known are, are, are very wealthy. Um, but what do you think is stopping most people in life from experiencing massive success and true joy and happiness? I'm not going to go with fear, believe it or not. I'm not going to go with fear. Good. So, you know, we, we there's another popular saying, knowledge is power. And I, I'm going to put, I'm going to go back to me and my experience of what stopped me. And my thing was, in order for me to have all the financial well-being that I desire, it's going to require working really hard. And I'm from a, an island where, you know, you only get the chance at that kind of success if you're born into the right family, if you have the right connections, if you got went to the right school. It was like all these conditions around how you can have it. And what I realized for me and I find for most people is there's this agreement 
that we make that says, I really want it, but it's going to be hard or I don't have what it takes to do it. It's actually not fear. It's the, it's the not knowing that you do have it. Every single one of us, you know, I, I think I might've, here we go. Another one of my favorite books, <laughs> the spontaneous fulfillment of desire by Deepak Chopra. And it says that just like a seed, the tiniest seed has the ability to turn into a grand oak tree. That means that little seed has the ability or the acorn, right? Has the ability to have the massive trunk and the yeah. big broad limbs and all those leaves in that tiny little acorn. Well, within all of us is the ability to experience anything that we desire. The thing is, we just don't have the knowledge that allows us to accept that we have everything it takes to fulfill that desire, financial or otherwise. We just don't, we don't, we either don't know or we're not using what we have to experience it, but it's not fair. I don't think so. Wow. It's, <clears throat> it's not realizing, it's not knowing that we, we have everything we need. It's yeah. there. Yeah. Wow. You know, I, I've often referenced what Jesus said, um, that, that, you know, the kingdom of God is within you. And, and there's another scripture where he says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and all of its righteousness and all of these things shall be given unto you. And I truly believe that he meant look inside because all of the answers to everything you want and desire in life is already there. Yes. It's there. Yes. So. Yes. And he says, the promises are given unto those who believe and unto them only. Wow. So it's not fear about can you achieve successes? Do you believe that you can? Because it's only those who are willing to believe that within you is everything you need. Those are the ones that, <laughs> those are the ones that, <laughs> that's a powerful question. Those are the ones that get the promise, you know? Um, I'm going to have to run for another live that I have to do. <laughs> oh, you do? Okay. Okay. But I wanted to share one thing. And Joan, I'll just tell you really quick, like three, um, the science of getting rich. Obviously that's the book I now teach from. Yeah. There's another book by Mark Allen called the greatest secret of all tiny book. I love tiny books. Right. And this, this, everybody knows this book, but the alchemist, I love that book because yeah. one part of the alchemist that says we give up right before we're about to see the palm trees on the horizon. Many of us don't fulfill our destiny because we gave up right before it was about to happen. And I keep that memory. But, you know, on the topic of gratitude from the science of getting rich. So that nice little thing you see back there. This is, you know, I made a version of it. Here, let me go and, full screen. Oh, there we go. Yeah. So, oh, so this is, um, so the, the science of getting rich in my program, I teach yeah. um, this book, right? So there's a chapter on gratitude and here is like to bring this down to its simplest form, the power of gratitude. So I, I renamed this chapter in my book. This is my copy. I renamed it how to get what I want quickly. Mm. And it says, the more gratefully we fix our minds on the supreme when good things come to us, 
the more good things we will receive and the more rapidly it will come. Now for a workaholic, perfectionist, hard work equals success person, when I read this, I was like, are you kidding me? That's <laughs> it? Just say thank you for everything I have, everything I'm getting and everything I want to receive. And that's how I will get more of it. And it will come more quickly by saying thank you. Wow. 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 That is the easiest way you can experience success if you ask me. Who would have taught by being grateful? Tasha, I know you have to run. Thank you so much. I genuinely appreciate you. Where can everybody follow you on social media? Where's the best place? Uh, best place is I have a community for people who love conversations like this. So I would invite you just go to Facebook and do a search for money attraction community. Money Attraction Community on Facebook. That's where we keep this conversation going. Somebody type that into the comments for me, please. I really appreciate it. <laughs> Tasha, thank you so much. And um, if you can hang on real quick, I'm going to end this. Thank you to everybody who's been on here and shared this out. And we'll have to have Tasha come back another time. So thank you so much, Tasha. You're awesome. Oh, thanks, Ken. Thanks, everyone that watched. Thank you, guys. Have a great day. Bye-bye.